Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Moke here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by returning guest Nick Myers, co-founder and CEO of Red Fox AI. Nick, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Yeah, absolutely, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. So first off, for folks who haven't heard our previous conversations and and don't really know anything about Red Fox AI, I'll have a link below for them to uh, go check that out. I'd highly encourage them to do so because we're going to jump right into it today. And uh, Nick, I'm hoping we can just start with a quick update on your business. When we last spoke about Red Fox AI, you mentioned that you know growth was trending in the right direction. Uh, what's the latest with your company? Yeah, no, that's a, a good yet big question, Alex. So I'm glad that you, you're kicking off with that question. Um, no, overall, uh, we continue to progress and have made a lot of progress since you and I chatted back. Oh my gosh, I think that was in October or November of last year. So I'd say the biggest thing is we actually are currently closing on our first and probably largest customer to date, um, which is really exciting. So we're doing a bit of a custom project for them, but um, we're really excited with the use case and the opportunity. So that is very exciting. In that time, we are still actively uh, raising money. So I think when I talk with you in November, we were just, I think, going to announce our pre-seed seed. The nomenclature is all over the place in VC, right? Um, we ended up raising money and got very close with the firm um, back in November. With that being said, I think I I ran the gambit of the VC world without knowing anything for a couple of months and then decided, I think, to take a bit of a break, digest everything we had learned and gone through. Um, and really, as of May, have jumped back into the fundraising ring and have already had several conversations with investors again. Um, and we're pretty confident that we'll be able to close on our round here uh, by the end of October. Um, and of course, you know, what got us reconnected, we officially announced our new board of advisors, which has some uh, very experienced individuals from across technology and health care. We're really excited to be working with them and know that they're really going to be able to, to help level us up and uh, help us grow. Absolutely, Nick. Well, thanks for that update. And I'd like to circle back to some of those things you mentioned uh, briefly. But before that, I, I want to just go in a little bit more on this uh, this board of advisors that you mentioned. I'll I'll have a link to that as well for listeners who want to check out you know the full rundown on who you've got on board now. Since we could spend our whole time here today just talking about their their impressive backgrounds. But why was it so important to bring those experts uh, together to advise you? Yeah, that's a great question. And truth be told, at least with our first set of, of advisory board members, we do intend to maybe bring on another two to three as we kind of move forward. But with this initial group of folks, we really wanted it to be diversified across various areas that we felt we really needed some some solid advisor advisory capacity in, right? Um, you know, you look at Gary Frings, who was the former chief information officer of Exact Sciences, right? And he's still involved with them to some degree. Um but, you know, his bread and butter for many years was diagnostics. Cologuard being one of the largest home diagnostic test kits on the market today. 
So not only does he bring the knowledge from working, you know, in a diagnostics company, which is our market we're trying to to serve, but also he has a broad array of experience that, you know, stems from running his own businesses and technology firms. He even runs bakeries out in San Francisco. I learned that after meeting him. So he's also an entrepreneur at heart. Um, you know, Craig Gadke having a ton of experience working for various companies in uh, technology and building technology teams, software engineering teams, which is really going to help our CTO and other co-founder, Brett. And then Harry Pappas is just one of the most genuine and eclectic people I think I've met in my whole life. But um, he's a serial entrepreneur in healthcare. And currently, you know, he's running an association that helps put on some of the largest events in healthcare throughout the world. So uh, we feel very, very grateful to be working with these folks. And yeah, we're just really excited. Very exciting indeed, Nick. Um, I want to ask again about what you talked about with the investment landscape. Um, you mentioned that you kind of got back into that uh, a little earlier this year, um, had some promising conversations uh, with some investors. Can you talk a bit more about your strategy on that front? Have you had to sort of shift your approach in response to what you learned the first time around or any broader trends in the investment landscape that you're you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, I think for us, me specifically, you know, it was more or less just learning how to navigate that environment, knowing what to say, what not to say, how to you know how to specifically position and present things to investors. So not only do they understand it, but it you know, there's a clear line from where you are now to a path to profitability and, and, and exit, right? Because they're in the business of, of making a return on the investment. So I think it was navigating a lot of that, which I feel far more comfortable with now. Um, I think initially we were trying to raise exclusively in Wisconsin. I think our thought process on that has changed just a bit. Um, I mean, you very well know, right, uh, of course, how how access to capital can be in the state. With that being said, sure. I think moving forward to try and close around uh, by October, we're probably looking at trying to raise mostly outside of Wisconsin at this point, just because there, there is more availability to funds and, and various other reasons that I know you and I could probably talk for a very long time about. Um, but actually, one of the investors that I got connected with recently, they solicited me um, and I never had that happen. I <laughs> I thought it was, uh, you know, I didn't take it seriously when they first reached out to me. But then I researched and I was like, oh, there are legit VC firms. So I had a meeting with them. I actually didn't think it went well. And the next thing I know, they want me to meet with their managing partner. So you, you really never know. Hmm. Um, but I think the strategy moving forward is, of course, now having a customer announcing our board of advisors and really just learning even so much more from the last time we chatted in November when we first started raising, there's a clear line of how we're going to get to our exit in the next five to seven years. Um, and we hope that'll really resonate with the investors that we talk with. Excellent. Well, great to hear about those plans, those strategies, Nick, all very interesting. Can you um, share any more details about uh, that initial customer? I know that sometimes got to play cards a little bit, a bit close to the chest when it comes to things like that, but, uh, Anything else you'd want to spotlight there on that exciting development? Yeah. So, of course, our bread and butter market is healthcare, specifically the home diagnostics and, and home use medical devices space. With that being said, this specific customer is actually outside of healthcare. Um, and the reason being, it's just a very interesting use case related to personal investing and automating a handful of processes with that based on what this organization is doing. Um, and I can't even begin to tell you, Alex, how many times you know we tell people about what we're doing, the product that we built, the first question, one of the first few questions we find, oh, well, are you thinking beyond healthcare too? So we're always getting feedback, like the applicability of what we built, having 
a, a, a far greater impact beyond just healthcare, right? Um, and I think this use case will probably speak to that. Um, but we still have a handful of prospects in the pipeline that we're continuing to move down in the healthcare space. Healthcare just takes a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're learning that, um, you know, going to the school of hard knocks with it, but everything continues to progress. But this first, you know, this um, this first customer here, although the use case is outside of healthcare, I think it'll complement what we're doing in healthcare very nicely, even if, with it being in the finance sector. Sure, sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Very cool. Uh, Nick, so I'm wondering, you know, going forward as we're we're now about halfway through 2023, what are you keeping an eye on in terms of industry trends or even upcoming developments with your own company that you might like to share? Yeah, I'd say overall, right, we look at from a macro view, AI is very hot right now. Um, I think we all can agree on that, of course, with ChatGPT arriving in December, that really has just ignited you know, a lot more interest in AI, specifically in conversational AI, the technology that we're working with. So I think we're going to continue seeing that interest to grow. I think a lot of companies right now, because it's hype, are, are really investigating it. We'll, we'll see how much investment actually flows into that and creating a tangible use case that can help them solve a problem. But I think we'll continue to see that happen. Um, in terms of what we have on the docket for the next six months, we actually might be hiring um, shortly a new chief revenue officer who's really going to help us meet some additional revenue milestones. So that's very exciting. And we're hopeful again to close on our round here by the end of October, which again will give us a tranche of cash to be able to really do some things that we've been wanting to do for quite a while and move a lot quicker in the process. So I'd say those are probably our two biggest goals. And of course, closing off the year with some good good revenue in the door as well. Terrific. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for coming back on the show. It's always great to have your perspective and to hear what's what's going on with Red Fox AI. Uh, thanks again. No, thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.